Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, please silence your cell phones, put your children to bed, and get ready for tonight's main event. Welcome to Yeah, 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 a weekly podcast. And now for tonight's starting host, sitting to the right side of the control board, your favorite co-host, Brother To the left side of the control board, your second favorite co-host, the best kept secret. Don't forget to check these guys out on Instagram at yeah 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 pod. Find them on the worldwide interwebs at yeah 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 pod.buzzsprout.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get ready to podcast! Man, it is good to be back in the studio after about a 10-day layoff because my main man's brother Bear finally got the call of a lifetime and a double organ transplant. Boom! (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Dude, it is so fucking good to be sitting back here with my best friend, my house husband, just my co-host, my main mans, dude. And literally, you're like a fucking cyborg with new body parts. Yeah. Yes, I am. And plenty of holes. Yes. Uh, and New holes. New holes. 40 staples. Staple machine gun Kelly over here. <laughs> dude, so... Basically, we wanted to come at you guys, drop a little bonus heater on you, and we just want to give a little update, and while it's fresh in Brother Bear's mind, we're going to talk a little bit about your experience and shed some light on that and talk about some of the struggles and um, all the stuff that kind of relates to this experience, which has been a long time in the making because it's literally been about two and a half years building up to just this point that we're at now, yep. and you're not even done. This oh. is like the halfway point of the journey. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, if I'm yes. lucky, right? Right. And that's what I have to continue to tell myself when I get down or whatever. Is like, this is still a very long process. Right. And becoming negative after being positive for so long, it's not an option at this point. I got to just stay the course. We just want to talk about right now in the moment where you're at and the process leading up to this. So about 10 days ago, last Tuesday, we had been in constant contact like we always are about the podcast and, you know, planning and making making moves for that. And then where we're really gearing up for the release, which was last Thursday. Our very first episode drop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we're talking about that and we're jazzed and getting super psyched about that. And then Tuesday morning, you get the fucking call of a lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. The call of a lifetime. It was about 10 a.m. And uh, I was just kind of getting going and getting ready to run some errands and stuff. And, um, I get a call from OHSU and at first I got a call from an unknown number and I've been answering literally everything, 
But I, something in my mind, I was like, I'm not answering this. And then they call right back from OHSU. And I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot. But they got me, and they put me on the standby list. They said that it's looking very promising. They gave me very positive encouragement. Yeah, so for for people who don't know, kind of walk them through when you're on a transplant recipient list – um, it's not just they call you and you take off to the hospital and get and get your transplant. No, nothing like Kinda. that. So how does the process where you get a call at around 10 a.m. Tuesday mm-hmm. and then what's kind of the next steps from there? So so they ask you a questionnaire and and, mm-hmm. you know, ask you a few basic questions as long as you are active on the list versus inactive on the list, um, which we can go over another time. Um, but. As long as you're active, which I did my absolute best to stay as mentally ready and like ready to go and and physically active on the list. That was like my full time job because there's no time frame. It's just you're on the list when you get the call, which basically it signifies they got the organ. They found a match. They found a match. So um, in this case, this was my second call. The first call um, was back at the end of February. And I got the standby call and within like two hours, I got the stand down call. And so that kind of taught me to like temper my expectations. Yeah. So talk about that though. Like where's, where's your head at getting a call like that? Yeah, dude. The nurse says either way, we'll tell you by 4.30 this afternoon. So I knew that I had to get through the day from 10 a.m. to the end of day. Fuck. Trying not to blow everyone up and tell them what's going on. And it's not out of disrespect to other people. It's more out of respect to like, you know, when pregnant people don't want to tell people they're pregnant until they've made it to a certain point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I just wanted to be more sure. I knew that I wasn't going to be for sure. Well, you're focused on yourself. It's yeah. Not, it's not about other people. Yeah, but I, I also had the urge because I was like, I wanted to scream it from a fucking mountain, yeah. dude. Like, I wanted to tell everyone. But you called you boys. I did. It throw me under that bus, huh? <laughs> I know. You called me right away. I I, uh, I would expect nothing less. I mean, honestly, I feel like you're always the first call I make. And, you know, like, <laughs> dude, man, I just bought the dopest pair of flip-flops. I have to tell you. And then you call me. You're like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm getting a double organ transplant. Like, <laughs> but I failed to specify to you, right, that there was a second call uh, coming? Yeah, I didn't know. Because the first time you got the call, I don't even know if you told me right away. There wasn't but, enough time. Yeah. And then it and then it was, you know, stand down call right after. So this time, yeah, you called me and like thirty seconds after you got off the phone with them, and yeah, I was on cloud nine. Just like, oh my God, this is crazy. But now I feel bad because it's come to my attention. Fucking selfish prick. <laughs> so you think when I call you, you think I'm like on my way into yeah, the Yeah, dude, you're already Ari's driving the car as fast as you, you guys are going fast and furious, gone in sixty seconds to OHSU. Yep. I'm thinking about flagging down a helicopter and like <laughs> life flighting myself over there. That's very 90s action flick of yeah, you. Fucking, yeah, dude. Cliffhanger style. <laughs> holding on, dude. Yeah. Just fucking holding on to that rope. Climbing my way up. I would have rode on top of the gondola up there to get up to OHSU. I would have seen you doing it. I even have your pose in mind <laughs> that you'd be making going up. Dude, so okay. So you get this phone call and you got to wait. For a second phone call, mm-hmm. so from like 10 a.m. to 4.30, you're literally just in your head waiting. Yeah, and so I tried to preoccupy myself. Like I said, I already had chores and errands 
mapped out for the day anyway. I went and started doing that stuff and we got some stuff done. It was crazy because right when we got back from running errands, I was like, in my mind, I remember being like, well, now what am I going to do with my thoughts? You know what I mean? And within a couple of minutes of getting in the house, I got that follow-up call. And even that doesn't mean you're going to get anything. Right. But it means that the scenario and the situation on both ends, the donor and the recipient, yeah, it means that they both look positive enough to go to the next level. Every time my phone rings, bling, bling, that's the way it goes. You're always on high alert and you're waiting yeah. for that call. And then for once you get it, bling. yeah. And then once you get it, it's trying to manage those expectations, yep. being excited like a kid on Christmas Eve, just staring at your presence, <laughs> you know, and your halfway turned up aunt comes over and, you're like, and you're like, fuck off. I'm trying to open this shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you're trying to make, you're between that and then you're probably like just antsy anxiety like yeah i would liken my emotions to oski like diligent and staring like stare the food down oski dog <laughs> and Love him. and then at the same time being like kind of nervous a little bit sometimes and but anyways i was this weird contrast between extremely excited mm-hmm. and then like that palm sweaty just incessant trying to get that first date hand job it's like you just drank too much coffee or something you know what (laughs) i mean you're just like you got these nerves and then so when she called me back and said you know we were at the point where they wanted me to come in she was like the donor hasn't arrived yet and we won't know for sure but we know enough to know that we want to bring you in so she was like, if you can be here by 4.30, we can get you worked up. And first they were expecting the donor around midnight. So what time was this that you're at the hospital? So I got to the hospital at 4.20. At 4.20. That's right, baby. You made it to the hospital. <laughs> Who drove you? Cheech or Chong? <laughs> Both. Yeah, that sounds nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you're at the hospital and it's like, you know, in the evening time now and you're just still running tests and playing the waiting game. And so when did you actually go into surgery? Like, when did you get the green light? So that was Tuesday night, and I got the green light at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. Wednesday. So it, it was pretty much 24 hours. Yeah, okay. And a round of dialysis in there. So I had to dialyze for four hours. Sitting there, not even, not knowing if I'm going to get this transplant, like, you know. And, you, and they don't give you information on the organ donor or anything like you don't know no i don't know they i mean obviously they're putting healthy organs in you yeah but you have no idea yeah can it be male or female yeah so yeah so it doesn't matter yeah it just has to come from the same donor and there's some other criteria that needs to be met and we can uh, talk about that later obviously there's a lot of risk but what is like the percentage wise chances of the organ not taking you know so rejection yeah um Success rate in at this hospital in this area in particular is pretty high. It's like 96%, and it just gets better at the younger you get. Okay. I would be considered a younger patient. Okay. And so you uh, get the transplant. You go in. You have the surgery. It's an eight-and-a-half-hour surgery. <laughs> So is it like operation or they just, you know, buzzing the sides? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were doing a little bit of that. Dude, your scar is nice. Bro. It's uh 40 staples, baby. Ooh. I got to the like pre-op area. 
probably around 4.30. Got them good, good drugs? Yeah. yeah. Well, this wasn't even the part because they just knocked me out. I don't even remember past a certain point at all. Oh, okay. Like, there's glimpses of it for me, and I'm like, oh, I did see the operating room because I wasn't knocked out yet. (laughs) Yeah, and then I woke up, and it was uh, like four in the morning. But I had been by the time I woke up, I had been out of surgery. It was it was just about eight and a half hours. It's pretty amazing. You had kind of touched on when we were talking. I was expecting you to be in the hospital for like a couple weeks. You once you got the transplant, I didn't know what it looked like as far as time frame. But you're you're home. Obviously, how long have you been home since your surgery? I've been home since Monday. Since Monday, they say typically to expect with a. With a, just a single kidney, it's about a four four to five uh, day in stay in hospital. But with, I'm going to say SPK, it stands for simultaneous pancreas kidney. It's a double organ transplant. SPK. With SPK, the typical turnaround is like seven to 10 days. They said I was being optimistic if I thought that I'd be at seven days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, you're asking questions that you don't know that maybe I take for granted that you just do know. It's... So I want you to... Yeah, I've tried to educate throughout this process. Like I said, it's been, you know, two and a half, close to three years total, you know, that we've that I've been participating in this with you and yeah. trying to help in any way I can. And one of the biggest ways that I've tried to help is just understanding and educating myself. I appreciate that. In trying, you know, in knowing, because knowing, living together, this all stems from you having diabetes. Yeah. You know, and so knowing a lot about that through living with you and, you know, basically us being married and joined at the hip in life in a lot of situations. With a few Klingons. Yeah. <laughs> like just knowing a lot about that, it was like as things progressed and got more serious, I wanted to know more. You know, I've never, I had never been around someone who needed an organ transplant. Neither had I. Exactly. And that's crazy. So with your diabetes, so. Now it's not like you just don't have diabetes anymore. Yeah. How does so, it like, affect that? Medically speaking, I'm diabetic till death. When you have a health history questionnaire or anything like that, you consider yourself a diabetic. Do I have to check my blood sugars anymore? No. I haven't been over 144, which is a very good number. Mm-hmm. People without diabetes are anywhere from like 100 to 112. So you haven't even been using insulin, right? I haven't used insulin, and I ha- I've ch- been checking my sugar because I'm like that, but they told me I don't have to. That's crazy. It's crazy. Did you instantly, like, feel a difference after, after like, since you've been home? Like, as far as a lot of the main issues you had in certain areas of your body, like, where do you feel improvement so far? Uh, I wouldn't even say I'm really quite to the improvement part. I would say if we're talking improvement, it would just be – Improvement in my routine, improvement in understanding what my needs are. The improvement is coming with the process. It's not necessarily physically quite yet. Okay. Because I'm still in quite a bit of pain, but I learned how to manage my pain. With drugs. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, sleeping, I'm figuring out how to sleep, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So now that you're home, like I had kind of touched on earlier, this is realistically only the halfway point. Like we went, you've traveled up this huge insurmountable hill, almost seemingly insurmountable at times. Oh, yeah. And you reach kind of maybe not quite 
the apex, but you're real close and you can kind of see the other side. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking what what is the what does the rest look like on this journey as we continue? It's crazy because it's opening up certain freedoms, but then it's also very focused and managed, right? So mm-hmm. as long as I continue to manage my health in the way that I know my body is asking for, and obviously under the guidance of medical professionals, but as long as I continue to do that, I can live a fairly normal life, no diabetes. My blood work is always going to call for checking for all that stuff. Yes. So I will have regular labs. You're basically going to be doing ongoing preventative maintenance. Exactly. For the rest of your life. For the rest of my life. Similar to my colon cancer situation that I've had. Yeah. So I am on, I don't know what the total count is, but- I take 14 pills Good Lord. at night and 21 pills in the morning. What are you, 77 years old? <laughs> yeah. I know you showed me your uh, pill box, and it's not even a box. It's like a fucking clipboard with holes in it. It's like a tackle box with room for bobbers. and Fucking Jesus Christ. Oh. Yep. I definitely have some questions that I feel like people want to know. Like, um, Ask away, man. Let's, uh, I mean- we said we wanted to be mindful of time, and I think we chronologically, are, yeah, we're at the we're at the garbage time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> this is this is the garbage time. I'm sorry, guys, but we're just gonna fucking throw a bunch of garbage on here to end this <laughs> heartwarming, you know, gut wrenching episode we're trying to do. All right, right before we turn a left down that road, <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everyone for your well wishes. People who don't even know me in person. It means the world to me. I needed and still do need all of the positive energy and just the love that I can surrounding me. If you have any questions on like how you can support or whatever, hit us up on Instagram. I'm not going to go broadcasting it right now, but there are ways to plug in if you're interested. And also, I want people to ask questions. If you have any kind of further question that we didn't cover. Yes. Interact with us. Get on the Instagram Ask questions. If you want to just show Brother Bear some love, throw it out there. Tag the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah pod, and we will repost. And we want to see that stuff. The whole goal of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah pod is to build a community where we all engage with each other. Exactly. Just because we're on here and we've decided to start this podcast, we want you to be just as much of a part of it. Yes. And that's why we decided it was important to come throw this little filler in and update you guys because it's a huge part of why we started this in the first place. Yes, exactly. And on that note, I'm going to ask you, how does your penis feel? Oh, oh, you're really going to ask me that question? Okay, we'll skip over that. No, I'll answer. I I don't care. I'm assuming you had to have a catheter. I had to have a catheter Ooh. with a stent mm. connected to my ureter. <laughs> yeah, to make sure that my urethra doesn't collapse. I feel like I'm listening to my kid play Roblox. So I've been through the penis victimization process (laughs) and i know that there's still one more thing to come they have to go in and get that little biatch oh man through my pee hole like a kidney stone oh can i more can i call you frankenstein or frankenfein oh i'll go i'll go with the second one i thought you were gonna say frankenstitch so appreciate (laughs) the no low blow (laughs) so what does it feel like to have another person inside you (laughs) Which time? (laughs) (laughs) 
Is this going to be like the movie The Dark Half where the guy gets a uh, transplant and then he gets a split personality where the other one's like a serial killer? Do I have to worry about anything like that? Would you still be my friend? Fuck yeah. Because you know I wouldn't serially kill you. Yeah, that's because you know I know all your tricks. (laughs) I know. You know I'm a a true crime junkie, so I (laughs) I will take on all serial killers. Fucking bet, bro. Find me. Find me. (laughs) Catch me outside. How about that? (laughs) Dude, for real. Do you, is there like a process where slowly over time you will begin to look like your organ donor? I sure hope so. She sounded hot. <laughs> For the record, we don't know what gender they were. Is uh, organ transplant kind of like Jurassic Park where they just splice your DNA with another creature or a person and then you become them? Like you inherit all of their traits? Like a mosquito? Yeah. Like, um, you know how they splice the DNA in Jurassic Park where the cute little old man comes on and he tells the in the beginning? And yeah. Yeah. Gonna use your DNA and that guy. Yeah. I'm DNA. <laughs> if anyone doesn't remember that shit, fucking know about it because it's Jurassic Park. We all should know. Get up on game. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> so from here, the next kind of big thing that I'm looking forward to, I have to go to clinic and labs twice a week. Other than that, I have staple removal on July 10th. Ooh, can I watch? 40 staples. You can't, they're not letting nobody Don't in there. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I'll ask them to take pictures. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Man, I just got to say, Brother Bear, it is fucking beautiful having you in here again and just seeing the life come back into you because this really is a monumental life-changing moment for you. I'm going to be a little selfish and say for me to just know that the expectant longevity of my best friend is that much longer. It's just one of the best blessings that I have ever been able to be a part of. And I am grateful to be a part of this ride. And more than anything, I'm so fucking proud of you, dude. Like so proud of you. Thank you, Zach. Beast mode. You're definitely my corner man. So, you know, I don't think that you haven't been a part of this. I appreciate all the bullshit I've put you through making, (sighs) making, Making you carry all my heavy shit. (laughs) So I look forward to continuing this on. This is incredible. It feels good. Oh, it's only going to get better. That's the way it's going to go down. (laughs) Is that the plan? I hope so, but I never really know for sure. (laughs) We're just winging it. (laughs) Fuck it. It's two guys trying to talk on mics and make it honest. (laughs) All right, guys. Make sure and get at us on Instagram at yeah, 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 pod. Find us on the World Wide Web at yayayapod.buzzsprout.com. And if you like what we're putting down, make sure you follow us and give us subscribe on whatever platform you are currently listening to us on. As always, I am the best kept secret, otherwise known as Zach, always joined by my main man's brother bear otherwise known as rob and remember folks in all situations celebrate your life and don't forget to call your mama I got a call from an unknown number and... Dude, man, I just bought the dopest pair of flip-flops, I have to tell you. 